0: Good evening, Los Angeles, or greater Los Angeles area, I should say. This is Apologetics.com radio, where we challenge believers to think and thinkers to believe. And it is Friday night, Saturday morning. Depending on your perspective, this is the eternal debate that's been <laughs> raging for 23 years. For as long as this show has been exist- in existence, that, show, uh, that, that debate has been raging. I'm live in studio uh, with Joel. Hey, Joel. Hello. How's it going, man? It's late <laughs> <laughs> or it's early depending on your perspective. Now it is it is late, man, and uh but it's a it's a good hour to be talking about this kind of stuff, the apologetic stuff. Tonight we've got a really good topic, but before we jump in, I just want to say thank you to our listeners, every one of you. Uh, you guys make this show happen and uh, week in and week out and we are uh, so grateful for that. We we are 100% listener supported. So through your prayers, through your financial donations, and through your listening, and you have kept us on the air for, I think it's just over 23 years now, which is the longest running program at KKLA, which is really kind of cool. It's, a, it's an honor. Anyways, um, and, and if you guys would like to, to join our, our support team, we'd love to have you, and you can do that by going to apologetics.com. You can click that Donate button and make a tax-deductible tax deductible donation. And again, every penny of that uh, goes towards keeping this ministry uh, going, and we really do appreciate it. If you've gained anything, if you've, um, you think you've benefited from the show uh, over the last 20-some-odd years uh, and, and you've given before, I want to say thank you so, so much for your partnership. Uh, we'd love another gift. If you, if you give regularly, thank you so much. And if you haven't ever given we would love to to ask every little liter- literally every single dollar matters, even if, if it's if it's two dollars or five dollars, fifty dollars or five hundred dollars. Uh, it it really makes a difference. It adds up. So um, so with that, man, there is like so much stuff to talk about, like so much. Joel. <laughs> and so I think what I'd like to do tonight. So just so you guys get an overview is one. I'd love to hear from you and you can give us a call at 888-995-5552 that's 888-995-5552 888-995 KKLA um if you want to remember it it's it's pretty simple and uh we'd love to hear from you dial those numbers those digits get on air with us and uh, we'd love to chat so um yeah but tonight i kind of want to we 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 did something together this last week right Joel we we did a, a We were at Rocky Peak, a local church here, uh, to their young adult group, about, what, 50 to 75 people? Something like that. It was a packed room. Um, It felt really great. We were partnering with uh, Dr. Doug Axe and Rocky Peak, and we were talking about um, what does it mean to be human? And I think it's a really interesting topic and sure enough, this week uh, something in the news rolled out that had me thinking about this topic, and I'd kind of like to explore it. And we're gonna get there, guys. So just pay attention. And but I think you guys, many of you, are gonna resonate with this. in In recent weeks, uh, a California politician who's running for for office launched an ad campaign. <laughs> Uh, involving the placement of uh, a multiple of billboards in several states, excluding California. So this is, uh, this is uh, Governor Newsom. He is running for re-election. It's, it's, uh, he's expected to win handily. And he has uh, decided to use some of his own campaign money. So it's, I don't think it's taxpayer dollars. But he's used some of his own campaign money to fund the placement of billboards in other states, uh, um, the message, uh, the message is, Hey, come to California and, 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 enjoy our beaches. No, no. Come to California and, you know, see, see, uh, Hollywood. No, it's come to California and have an abortion. And, and literally that's what his, that's what his signs, the, the billboards are saying. And one of the billboards is a uh, particularly offensive due to its mis- misappropriation of scripture. Right so in one of the billboards it's in Oklahoma I believe it's, so you're going to see it along Oklahoma f- freeways and he quotes Jesus out of Mark uh, Mark 12:31 uh he says uh, need, the the he not he the billboard says need an abortion california's ready to help you know and then he's then underneath it it says uh, love your neighbor as yourself there's no greater commandment than these and in the in the billboard it misrepresents uh, the scriptures uh it misrepresents what love is. It misrepresents what, what a human being is ultimately, which is where I'd love to get to. Um but if I could just I mean we can talk about this back and forth, so just, just interrupt me, Joel. I don't want to monopolize the time, but you know, what's interesting about this whole thing is this billboard quotes Jesus and the point is is that Jesus supports abortion and loving your neighbor is allowing them to have an abortion. And and it's completely off base, right?
1: Jesus wants her to get that abortion.
0: That's oh, absolutely. Yeah, Jesus
1: wants it so much he would actually pay her way.
0: He would, yes, California. yes. He would, he would bring her. He would pay to bring that person to California. Now, I want to be clear about something up front, guys, um, because uh, I think that this is important to say. If you're listening and and you have had an abortion. Uh, there is now no condemnation in Christ Jesus. I want to let you know that there's forgiveness uh, for Jesus. Your sin your, is no worse on as far as the penalty goes as any other sin. And the forgiveness that's offered in Christ washes all your sins away. And there should be compassion and love, true love, not this kind of love from the billboard, but true love offered through the church of Jesus uh, towards you and I want to let you know that you are loved and you are special and you are forgiven once you claim the name of Jesus once you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe that he's been raised from the dead uh, Paul says that you will be saved and if those are your th- if, if, if you adhere to that and you're a Christian um, I would encourage you if you're holding if you're carrying this burden around to talk to somebody about it because uh, because you are uh, you're a beautiful amazing human being for no other reason other than you're made in the image of God. And, uh, and Jesus forgives us like because of what Jesus has done. We stand before the Father, not, not clothed in our own garments, but wrapped in Christ's righteousness. And so if that's you, um, I, there's help out there for you. Go to your church, go to your pastors and talk to them, especially if you've never told anybody. Um, please, you're carrying around a burden that you don't need to to bear on your own, and there's forgiveness for you in the church. And, Anyways, with, with that, and if you're wrestling with the abortion, you think you need to have an abortion right now, there are options. There are many, many options, and there's people who, who really want to help you. Find a, a local pregnancy center, talk to your ch- local church, um, and, and there's, there's help out there for you. Um, and I would beg that you reconsider if you're thinking, uh, abortion, abortion is your only way out. Please reconsider that. So, with that, guys, um, I want to get back to these billboards and then kind of the humanness, um, the aspect of it.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. No, I mean it's it's very um, it's very important to, especially now, more, now more than ever, it's important to tease apart um, compassion versus reality because the uh, the powers that be seem to want to equate being compassionate with denying reality if the reality makes you feel bad then we can deny it So, if it makes you feel bad the idea that you might be ending the life of an innocent human being the compassionate thing to do is to protect you from that reality because that will make you feel bad but that's if you think about it in those terms, that's a very enormously dangerous way of thinking.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's good, Joel.
1: And it's it's um, it's the worst kind of enabling that that one could almost imagine.
0: It's it's the myth that uh, that happiness is our goal, right? Happiness isn't our goal. You know, holiness is our goal, and and our and our salvation is not dependent on how we live, right? we're, we're saved regardless. Of you know we don't earn our salvation, okay? Um, that's not what we're saying, but we do we do chase holiness, we do chase righteousness once we're saved, and and happiness is not our goal. And this is actually comes into the love component, right? Love your neighbor, loving your neighbor is not securing for them their most happy life. It's securing for them a life of meaning and purpose according to the way the world really is reality, you know, and the reality of the situation is that God made this world. He made it a certain way and, uh, and we, we should be living in accordance with that. You know, it, it was interesting because I'm not going to go through the whole misappropriation of the scripture. It, it's what, What's interesting in this billboard in particular, what makes it a, a, a especially, I guess, offensive to me. Listen, I'm, I'm often the one who says that, that Christians should be the least offended people on the planet. Like we should not be able to be really offended by much because because we've got Christ, we've got a, a eternal security in Christ. Like we know where we're going. Like we have heaven waiting us, and and glory. Right. So there should be very little on this planet that offends us. This for me is offensive because I feel like it's an intentional attack. It's like it's it's a uh, it's being thrown in our face, kind of like. Look what I'm going to do. You know, I'm going to quote Jesus. And, and what's interesting, what's really interesting, Joel, about this passage is that Jesus here is being asked by a scribe, an expert in the law, about the law. Mm-hmm. What's the greatest commandment? He thinks he's because Jesus is defending. He's he's defending his positions here. He's he's arguing for the for, for his position, <laughs> debating these 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 religious elite. And then this guy comes forward and he says, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna." He's answered really well. That's what he says. Mm-hmm. This guy knows what he's talking about. Jesus knows what he's talking about. But I'm going to ask him one more. I'm going to ask him about the law. What's the greatest commandment? I'm going to make him choose. And then Jesus, what he does is he says, love God. He starts by quoting the Shema out of Deuteronomy 6. And then he's, so so <laughs> there's one God, right? <laughs> there's one God and he there's there's one God. And the greatest commandment is to love him. Mm-hmm. Second, to love your neighbor as yourself. These are the two greatest commands, right? And, and, and then he says, the summary statement there is, is and I'm paraphrasing, but um, in these two is the law, right? The, the Ten Commandments. Yeah. Well, right.
1: Gavin Newsom starts by uh, uh, purposely uh,
0: uh, omitting the, the greatest commandment. <laughs> well, this is, and this is actually, this is kind of my point here, Joel. The second commandment there, mm. love your neighbor, makes no sense apart from the first it makes no sense apart from the first commandment you know um the you got to have the first to love your god because it's 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 god who gives us the standard of what love is and so you remove that you have no standard
1: yes we're we're seeing we're seeing on a very wide scale not just in this um in this issue but in other issues but I think this issue really brings it into relief, the, uh, what happens when you leave God out of the equation, because we're seeing love become ungrounded. I mean, there's a serious uh, double-think in the, the idea that, oh, I can, I can invoke Jesus to say that we should love our neighbor but I'll use it in defense of actually killing a defenseless yeah. human being. <laughs> yes. You it, should it's you contradictory. should stand you should get out of the way and let this person who's in a unfortunate, desperate circumstance, who feels that this is their, their option, their way into um, getting out of a calamity, yeah. Take the life of a person that's in, in even more vulnerable. That's right. Position. That's right. Sacrifice them. If you really love, if your heart was really filled with love, you would let that happen and not stand in the way.
0: Well, greater love, it, 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 greater love is this that a man would lay down his life for another. Right. Mm-hmm. That's what. That's another of Jesus's commands. <laughs> right. right. That's what Jesus tells us to do. And and so what we would be doing uh, to love that person, to be loving of these of these people who are wrestling. With these, and I put put in quotes, crisis pregnancies. These pregnancies, like these women who are pregnant, they don't know what to do, and they think abortion is the answer. the The loving thing to do would be to live self self sacrificially for those women and that baby. Not point them to to kill their baby. It should be to to I will I will give up my my life for your unborn child. Like even if you're a complete stranger, and this is what the radical love of the gospel is all about. Also, what's really interesting is in that passage that, that Newsom's quoting in that billboard, Jesus is telling people to follow the law. He's saying, he's, he's pointing, he's saying, you follow the law. That's what he's doing. He's summing up the Ten Commandments, right? The Decalogue. And what's the Sixth Commandment? Mm-hmm. Don't murder. Yeah. And, and abortion, every abortion takes the life of an innocent human being. Abortion is murder. And there's no way, there's no getting around that. And I know that I'm a bad guy for saying that in, in a lot of places, a lot of circles. Some of you might now, right now, might be listening. as like, I can't believe you said that. But it's just the truth of the matter. So it, it, Newsom, or the, whoever created the billboard, I don't even know if it was Newsom, Governor Newsom, but whoever created the billboard is not only taking Scripture completely out of context, not only flipping it upside down and using it to justify something that doesn't make any sense, but it's also contradicting what Jesus is saying. Like Jesus Jesus is, is, is saying, follow the law. And then the part of the law is we don't, we don't murder, you know? Right.
1: And I think this, this, is, maybe, this is maybe an interesting place to uh, segue into the link between sure. the materialistic view and moral relativism. Because we have this, uh, we have this interesting idea that that people that have grown up with abortion being normal, and they've been involved in this, you can see how it's very natural for them to think, "Well, I'm I'm sure that I'm not a murderer because I didn't intend to murder anyone. Sure, I don't feel like I'm a murderer. Um, you know." That would be that would be a really terrible thing to do, and I'm not that terrible kind of person. <laughs> but but that at at the bottom of that is a confusion of objective reality with subjective reality. That's right. In my subjective reality, I I haven't thought of this as this being a hor- horrendous act. Therefore, it must not be a horrendous act. And. That's a dangerous way of thinking, but I think I think it goes back to that. Um, what uh, I think it's I think it's closely related to what uh, Doug Ax was talking about that that self defeating loop. Sure. So you start out with, well, you know, I have to assume that my reason, my rational mind, uh, comes up with answers that I can rely on. That there's a point to being rational and that science is based on that assumption but if I (laughs) then contrive science to get me to the answer that well things don't really ultimately have meaning other than the meaning that we just attach to them because basically our brains are doing the thinking for us and they're just neurons and they've just been they've been evolved to help us kind of successfully pass on our genes, not necessarily get us to reliable conclusions. So with that self-defeating loop, we get to the place where I think it opens the door to embrace contradictions because we feel that there must be meaning but if meaning isn't really grounded in reality then meaning is something that i make up
0: it's completely subjective you 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 bring your own meaning to your own story and so there's no objective and, and so yeah i i completely agree with you it's it's what it's what nancy piercy and before her Francis Schaeffer, called the the, the fact value split All right Schaefer, Schaefer said that in current culture the in, in society what's happened is it's been a a truth split, and he uses the illustration of a of an upper story house, like two story house. There's an upper story and a lower story. The upper story of the house, the top floor, is the uh, the values portion, and that's where we put the issues of theology, morality, purpose, meaning, destiny, stuff like that. That stuff is is relativized. You, you it's it's it becomes uh, subjective truth up there. You know you 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 do you, Boo, in in on the upper story, and the lower story is where we put uh you know science and uh, like the things that we can attest uh, in, in a beaker empirical science and, and that's what's held to be objectively true and and testable and and this is the realm of, of public truth so public truth is on the lower story science upper story is private truth you know that's that's religion theology morality and this is a dangerous split because what happens is, is we come to view ourselves, humanity, in a really low way. Because everything in the lowest story is, is according to naturalism. It's a product of, of a blind, purposeless force. That means our bodies, when we think about it this way, our bodies are just products of blind, purposeless forces. So how do our bodies have any meaning or purpose? And that's how we can move into things like abortion. Mm-hmm. or a transgenderism where we it's totally acceptable to uh mutilate your body in accordance with what your mind wants because your mind is in the upper story there it's it's all there's no real telos mm-hmm. you know it you bring your own meaning and purpose so is what i'm saying making sense to you
1: yeah i think it's i think it's related all of this i think is related to that to that fundamental split um because they can't they can't really be integrated anymore there's not there's not a singular vision that unites them because we have we have a what might say a low view of science that says what that well i understand science to tell me that there essentially is at bottom no real objective meaning but Yet we live our lives in a way where we need objective meaning we need to pre- at least pretend that there's objective meaning because how do we how do we have any sort of order if we can't agree on what's
0: right or wrong and that's that's the problem that's why it's important to understand the truth split here the the fact value split because um, because anything like meaning or purposes is completely subjective but you can't live that way and not in reality and then when you uh, when you ascribe these things and you overlay them on onto these important issues like abortion, right? We, we come to, uh, you know, what, like secular thought today, the world out there thinks that, you know, we just assume that the that the, the body and the person are, are two different things. And we see this in the abortion discussion, right? Uh, we, everybody knows that the, the the thing that's growing inside the mother is a human being. But what do they say? It's not a person yet. So they, they, there's something that you have to lend on top of just the very nature of being a human being. So this is where that fact, the fact value split comes in. It's really important to understand, you know, because because the body is defined in the fact realm by empirical science, the, the, that lower story, but the person is defined in in the in the values realm. I literally just I, I literally just uh, <laughs> I just read an article with a secular scientist arguing that there is no purpose. And he bases it because science can't prescribe it. Well, that's because he's using the wrong tool. And right. so our goal, our goal is to actually tear that split, that truth split apart because, and, and join them back together. There's only one truth. As Schaefer calls it, true truth. Like he had, to, you have to coin that term, like the new, because the, 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 truth doesn't mean anything anymore. So it's true truth the The way the world really is, you know and 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 it involves like there is a duality I'm not denying a duality here between the person and the mind right there is a, right. we believe in a duality right but but one is not subjective and one objective they're both objective realities, they're both true, and they're both purposeful
1: right that you have that you have a that you have a mind, whether we understand the mind that well or not, it is there and it's doing things and it's involved objectively objectively involved in wrong things or right things wrong thinking or right thinking wrong acts or right
0: acts and, and that stuff right there the, the morality of a situation what's right and wrong is in the upper story it's, it's up to you to decide you know and, and that causes a huge problem for people because because the, the values are not morals are not subjective. Like the the world would be a nasty place. The world is a nasty place when we subjectivize morals. Yeah. You know, that's that's when slavery becomes okay. That's when it's okay to gas Jews. Right.
1: That's interesting there's a I can't think of his name right now, but there's a Christian philosopher who talked about um he talked about being in the hospital and this nurse asked him what he did and he talked about being a philosopher. And he says, um, from your reaction, I would guess that you think that I'm involved in things that are not very objective. Yeah, yeah. And um, she says, well, yeah, sort of. And he says, well, let me tell you this. He says, I I could more easily believe that science will discover something that will change, completely change the way that we think about what an electron is. But I don't think that we'll find anything new that will make me change my mind that it's wrong to torture an infant for fun. Yeah. But, um, but uh, I think it's more interesting now than ever that he says that because a lot of what happens inside the womb is torturing an infant for convenience sake. Sometimes for, sometimes for money. Yeah. Because the parts are worth a lot of money. And uh, we we know that some of these um, abortions happen to, in ways that allow the parts to be taken, essentially vivisected, so that they'll be
0: worth more. What's what's uh, vis- vivisected mean? I don't know that term. Um, to take things apart while they're still living. Oh man. What a horror story.
1: It is a horror story. And the same people that want abortion protected don't
0: really want want this examined. Well, it's, and they have a low view of what it means to be a human. Yeah. Which is kind of like what we're talking about uh, in a roundabout way. But we're, that's where we're getting to. So I hear the music. We're going to have a break, Joel. But know what? We're coming back. We are going to be back <laughs> in like 60 seconds. So guys, hold on. This is apologetics.com radio. We will be right back with you.
2: of apologetics.com is to challenge believers to think and thinkers to believe on the radio, on the internet and now in the Life of the Mind conferences if you believe in the work that apologetics.com is doing we encourage you to support us with your prayers and also with your tax deductible gift so that this ministry will continue on the air on the web and in events near you Gifts of any amount are appreciated, and it's very simple to participate. Just go to Apologetics.com and click Donate. It's safe and secure. Or you can send your check or money order to Apologetics.com, 1900 Southwestern Avenue, San Pedro, California, 90732. Thank you for supporting Apologetics.com. At Salem
1: Media Group, our radio stations are always looking for great people to join our team. And we have a lot of career success stories, like Annette.
2: I started working for Salem 13 years ago. I knew I was joining a sales team, but I didn't expect all the extras that came with it. Working for one of the nation's largest and still-growing Christian media companies has allowed me to work with some of the most passionate clients, business owners, talent, and employees. I've seen marketing assistants and street
1: teamers get promoted to coordinators and even managers. I myself went from a media to a local sales manager and now get to use my experience to help other sales reps grow their business and i wake up every morning with a feeling that what i do every day matters learn more at salem media's job fair streaming now at kkla.com keyword job take a virtual tour of our studios meet people who make a difference in their careers at salem media you could be our next media strategist go to kkla.com keyword job kkla.com keyword job equal opportunity employer
2: As Christians, we're called to bring light to the world. And as Christian parents, we want our kids to answer the call, too. Bring Your Bible to School Day is a great way to do that. It's a chance for your kids to grow their faith, evangelize, and be a light in their schools. So if a faith-filled, light-giving home is important to you, join Bring Your Bible to School Day on Thursday, October 6th. Register now at bringyourbible.org.
1: All right, let's get back to the Apologetics.com radio
0: show. And just like that, we are back. Back in black. What song? That's somebody. That's a rock song. Back in black. ACDC from back in the day. Back in black, I think. I don't know. I don't know. This is uh, this is good stuff here, Joel. We're solving the problems of the world. (laughs) Well, we're certain we're certainly confronting one of the lies, you know, which which has very very real practical implications in a lot of things that uh, that are out there in the culture today. Uh, We have a really low view of what it means to be a human being. Uh, certainly, yeah. certainly the, the government. I mean, if, if we were to judge right now, if we were to so, so it, it's it's widely believed. OK, uh, philosophers, religious leaders, uh, cultural influencers uh, throughout time, whether it be Jesus, Gandhi, Churchill, uh, anybody has always said that uh, you can judge a nation by how it treats its, its most vulnerable. Something to that effect, right? So, And if that's true, then California is doing a horrible job. A horrible job. Because we have a government that thinks it's acceptable to take the life of a a complete population, an entire population of people, uh, of human beings. How about that? Of human beings because they're... And to, to quote Hitler, life unworthy of life, mm. you know, and, and we, we've, we're sacrificing uh, babies on the altar, you said it before, of convenience, largely. And, and now we have ads that are popping up in other states, anti-abortion states, and I, I use anti-abortion qu- in quotes, right? These are states that have strict abortion laws or are trying to outlaw abortion. So we now have a, a government that is trying to appeal... To people to come to California so they can obtain an abortion outside of their state. And it's I mean, if it if it wasn't so incredibly sad, it would almost be comical. But it's, it is incredibly sad because it's it's a complete separation of uh, the, they, the, the, the way we view human life is what it is to be a human is is uh is so low yeah and that's why i think it's important for us to be speaking up into these issues because i think that christian ethic is a better ethic ultimately like this is an instance where the, i think the christian view of humanity is actually a better view of humanity and when argued appropriately and in and, and out in the marketplace of ideas i think the the average person sees that that we have a higher because before we took the break we said a bunch of stuff but one of the things i had brought up was this you know upper story, lower view, lower story things, Schaefer. Uh, if you haven't read Schaefer, you should. If Nancy Piercy, a lot of the stuff I, I have is from Nancy Piercy. Uh, do you know who Nancy Piercy is? I do,
1: but I haven't, unfortunately, haven't read enough of of her.
0: I'm like a huge fan fanboy of Nancy Piercy. She's she's written Total Truth, uh, which was a fantastic book, where she she reinvigorates kind of Schaefer's arguments, uh, upper lower story. That's just, I think she coined kind of the fact value terms she's a Schaefer uh, apologist but then uh, I mean Schaefer uh, disciple and then she uh, anyways she's just great and then she wrote love thy body where she's arguing for the things that we're talking about tonight you know and and the this divide this truth divide has had an effect on on how we view um, ultimately how we view humanity you know in uh, the question of what does it mean to be a human I think the key in understanding like all of the controversial issues of the day, whether it be uh, issues of gender, whether it be sexuality, whether it be abortion, uh, have to do with this fragmented view of reality, this fragmented view of what truth is. Um, especially when you combine it with like something like naturalism, which is kind of like what we're talking about, you know, the, you know, and I and I said it before that secular thought, you know, for example, assumes that there's a there's a body-person split where the body's Um, defined in the fact realm by empirical science, you know, biology, and the person is defined in the values realm up in the upper story. And it's created a a completely fragmented view of of what a human being is. And and then the body is treated different than its authentic self, you Mm -hmm. know, and and then so there's a separation of the body and the person. And and this is why activists oftentimes will argue that like biology has nothing to do with, for example, gender identity. Yeah. Yeah. There's a split and then in, in essence what in essence what they're saying is is that your your mind your mind can be at war with your body and your mind wins out every single time because your body is just a a a product of blind physical forces no purpose yeah. no tell us
1: yeah that's a very that's a very interesting thing and i i thought about it and um my wife was uh, thinking about this too in response to uh uh part of this talk and what um, Doug's response to it was on Sunday that he deals more with I guess people that are have more of a cons- somewhat more consistent uh, commitment to monism so there are there um, he deals with like proper monists where the physicalism dominates and this is where I think it gets interesting because I think there's a couple different There's probably several more types of dualism than I can even enumerate, but just uh, from a layman's point of view, I would call this emergent dualism. And this is like, uh, this comes from the evolutionary point of view, that if you understand things from an evolutionary point of view, then you see in our development from one cell, we all started as one cell, we're in some sense recapitulating evolution we're starting as one cell and we become you know this magnificent human being but what what are we along the way well if we're (laughs) if we're recapitulating evolution then we're many things along the way we're something that's maybe sort of like a fish along the way and sort of like a a skunk maybe or something but we're we're evolving in the womb into being a human being so we're not we start out as a cell and there's no big deal about killing a cell cells die all the time it's just a cell um and if you're at some point if you're some fish-like thing well we kill fish all the time you're not a human being yet so that it's kind of this emergent dualism <clears throat> that you start out as something without any kind of brain, and at some point you will have a brain, so when do you become conscious? Well, it's sort of an idea that's sort of like, um, sort of like in the Terminator, where Skynet has enough neural connections that at some point it magically becomes self-aware. <laughs> it, re- it reaches that tipping point, and there's a, there's a phase shift, and it's suddenly at this higher level of operation. It's, uh, it's some emergent property. Has formed. That's sort of the view that people have because of evolution, that you start off with this cell, and it's really basically just material. It's just another cell. It just happens to be capable of turning into a human being. But at some point, it's going to phase shift into something that actually has value. Yeah. And that's where it becomes the personhood. But... The question is, when does it become a person? Then, if yeah. you're, yes. even if you adopt that point of view, some people are arguing now that it happens after
0: birth, up to two years, man. Some P- people Peter are saying Singer. it magically happens as you go through the birth canal, like the yeah that nine inch journey uh, towards towards the outside world. All of a sudden, something happens to you. What's really interesting is is like oftentimes the the naturalist or the atheist or the um, I, I, all these terms they're not synonymous with each other like the materialist they, they, there's slight differences but f- for this conversation they're the same thing I, I can use them interchangeably like the atheist or the naturalist or the, the materialist they, they make the charge that we believe in in, in like magic right uh, we believe in the magic but but we're not the one that believes in magic it's, it's them there's something magical that happens like that all of a sudden uh, this human being that's been a human being since it's the moment of conception by the way all of a sudden gains personhood. And what is that? And that's the danger of the view that we're talking about when we look at the body and the mind and the, there's a, the, uh, the, this fact-value split that happens is that the person, the, the human being has to earn personhood, whether it's through its own actions or through something that's given to it, whether it be uh, it grows to a certain size, it it, it, it uh, becomes a certain age, it it, it changes its location, and it was interesting that you brought up, you know, because on the strictly naturalistic view, you know, they, at a certain point in time, all of these early forms of life look the same, right? So this is this was this is Haeckel's, I think I'm saying right. that right? Haeckel's, something like that, he- it, yeah, something Haeckel's. Like I think it's H, it's H e H a e c k e l is the guy is the doctor's last name, and this is a this is a, a now it's it's discredited. Right. But it, we've all seen it. It still is. It's still in biology textbooks. Yeah. <laughs> where you have what it is is that it, he has like eight or six or six or eight animals, you know, and it shows uh, like each one of the three different phases of life. So it shows the, one of the earliest phases of life, and they all look the same. You know, it's they're all the same. Yeah. And then the next phase, oh, they look a little bit different, and then in the final phase. You, know, you can see, oh wait, that's a fish, that's a salamander, that's a, a duck or a, a bird, oh wait, that's a, a, a pig, oh wait, that's a human being. Mm-hmm. And so it's meant to show that at the earliest phases of life, it's just, they're all the same. But that's just not science, that's just, that's not good science.
1: You right, know? you're a human being if you resemble an adult human being
0: enough
1: <laughs> to tell the difference.
0: Well, well no, so, so you're a person. A person. You're a person. Right. So, but the so we're human from the very start, from once you are that one cell... genetically human, genetically. Well, you're just like my else. fingernail, my fingernail is, genetically is, a human, human. is a human fingernail, absolutely. <laughs> yes, and and but and, not a
1: person, my fingernail is not a person, no, but it's like,
0: also not a dolphin, <laughs> right? Exactly, you know what I mean. So, so, it's
1: human without being a person, and that's the view that's being promoted of the fetus,
0: and that's the view that's being promoted of, of the fetus. You know, and and that's why I said life life, life unworthy of life it's cause, because because li- being alive, being a human being, isn't good enough anymore, and that's why it's a low view of humanity. That's why the that's why the view offered by by the world out there today, especially here in California, this this view that uh, it, it, it just doesn't it doesn't hold water. It's not a good view, you know. Um, and that's why we have to. I think we we should be, you know, showing that we have a higher. View of humanity, right? Be, because because what the scripture says that 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 we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, right? So so we are God's workmanship, we're His uh, His masterpiece, is what some translations said. I think I said that to the college students the other night. Right? Where's masterpiece. You know, human beings are part of God's perfect creation. You know, we and we forget this sometimes. You know, there's no such thing as a, as, a, as an accident, accidental person. You know, we all have purpose and we all have meaning and we all have value. And that value is found uh, in the image of God. You know, it's, it's transcendent. It's given to us. And even if you, I don't know if I said this to the students, I hope I did. Even if you wanted to, to, to shunt, to, to lose that value, even if you want to kick that value off of you, you can't because it's there forever. It's there forever. You're made in the image of God. You know, and and, uh, and and because we're made in the image of God, we bear His image. We have purpose, and we should be living according to that purpose. We have we have a telos. Our bodies have telos, have purpose. And when we live in a way that's not corresponding with that telos, with that meaning, with that purpose, it doesn't go well. And we see this in sexual ethics, like all the time, right? Um, <laughs> the way the way I say it, and I think I got this from Nancy Pierce I can't remember. But, uh, you know, eyes, eyes are made for seeing, right? Ears are made for hearing. Hands are made for touching. And then you, you go down to the sexual organs and they're made for something, mm-hmm. you know? And, and you guys can use your imagination and stuff like this. But, uh, and what's really interesting about the human telos is every other organ, every other part of the human body is capable of fulfilling its telos by itself, like as, as, it's, as an individual. Mm-hmm alone, except for the sexual organs, you need the opposite in mm-hmm. order to fill the, the ultimate telos.
1: Yeah, that's a very interesting, that's a very interesting point. Um, there's a... Uh, oh, man, I can't think of her name right now, but she does, uh, she does talks about abortion, and she's even given a talk for Google, if you can imagine that, um, from a Judeo-Christian point of view, uh, talking about abortion... And uh, I saw her talking about dealing with an objection that she hadn't anticipated. And she was really th- thrown off for a moment. And she said that uh, he was, uh, her, um, her opponent was making the case that um, we wouldn't make someone donate their kidney to their child. That would just be their choice, even if their child would die without it. So why does a mother have to provide her womb if she's unwilling to provide her womb? And um, she said that she was like kind of startled by it because she didn't have anything prepared for that off off the cuff, and so she prayed. And she felt (laughs) like a nudge from the Spirit of God telling her, what are these organs for? And and she thought about it for a moment, and she said, that womb doesn't primarily exist for the woman the way that her kidney would. That kidney serves her body, but that womb, its purpose is to be a home for someone else. And that fundamentally makes a difference. It's telos. The telos, the telos of the womb yeah. is somewhat different it still serves humanity but it serves the next generation
0: yeah absolutely and and that's really unpopular to say joel because we live in a day in an age where we're, we're we're taught that autonomy is is like we are we are our masters of our own ship we're like we are we are in search of uh, complete and utter freedom and when i say freedom yes. I mean autonomy doing whatever you want you're not liberty but, right. but but freedom, complete freedom, and it's interesting because that the, the one I would say <laughs> to that objection, I would say, well, I think actually I actually do think that uh, I, I think a mother does have a certain responsibility to to, to maybe possibly donate an organ to their kid, maybe uh, not at the perhaps it would, it would depend on the situation, but like not perhaps of her own peril, but certainly like there's certain organs that you can donate. Uh, that that you can live without one, right? I mean, you can you can live without certain organs in your body because you have, we have two, so you can give one over. Some of times some of our organs grow back, right? So you can you can sacrifice that, and I would say that there is an ob- obligation for a mother and a father to care for their child that way. There's an assumption that that there's no ob- there's no moral obligation uh, to to sacrifice for for your kids, and I think that there is. You know and and it stems from like there's the central claim to this argument is that a woman has like an absolute right to do whatever she wants with her own body regardless of of the consequences for the fetus in the, in in her womb ultimately you know, we're not talking post-birth now we're talking in her womb and i i don't know if i don't know if that carries like i don't think that that follows through you know um you know i don't think women have uh I, I think that there is a certain moral obligation, you know, that that, that women have. There's there's a, a, a strange line of thinking in this argument, uh, you know, because by by definition, moral obligations are are non-consensual. Think about this, like because consent, consent is often brought up in this situation. It was an, it was an accidental quote accidental pregnancy, you know, but that 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 that's what makes a moral obligation a moral obligation. Obligations are are they're not suggestions, you know, if mothers aren't obligated to care for their unborn child, uh, what obligates them to care for their born child? You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. You know, and is, is is a mother ever like morally obligated to provide life sustaining care for, for her child ever? Or, or does that happen like magically when the child is all of a sudden born and we can, we can see the child outside of the mother's womb you know, and why then and not in utero? Um, what changes? Well, I think part of, I
1: think unfortunately, I think that we are we have a kind of a pseudoscientific thought, like magical thinking. I think it is a kind of magical thinking that it doesn't exist until we can see it. There's a little bit of that going on. We we uh, sort of know that it exists, but we can we can convince ourselves that it is not a baby that's deserving of care and protection. And this is why abortionists... It can be something
0: else. And this is why abortionists won't uh, won't do ultrasounds and show the mother. You know, this is why they, they drape the mother from the waist down and she can't see any of the equipment because that abortionist is using an ultrasound machine in order to, to, to search and, and seek and destroy that baby. They, yes, the, the abortion lobby fights tooth and nail
1: to keep uh, mothers from getting all the facts about it yeah. and being able to see what it is they are uh, saying that they'll help her destroy.
0: One of the things, like the reactions, kind of bringing it kind of back full circle here for a second to the, the California uh, ads that are appearing in other states is one of the responses, and this I don't think necessarily is the right response, but it would be interesting if pro-life organizations took out ads in those same states where it actually showed aborted fetuses and same message, you know, your, uh, your we'll st- help you do this. Yeah. Uh, need an abortion. Come to California and show the show. What an abor- aborted fetus looks like on the billboard. You know, and I think that there's and 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 there's a drastic there'd be a drastic shift there. I like, this is where graphic images I think are highly appropriate and valuable in the conversation because they're because largely these things go unseen. Mm-hmm. There's, there's that, uh, lack of reality to the situation because, because most people don't know what, what an abortion actually looks like, you know, and it does look like something. Um, but yeah, what's interesting about that, that bodily autonomy argument now that I'm thinking about that you just brought up also, you know, uh, <laughs> the person agrees that it's a, it's a living human being, right? They, that they agree to it. That's a living human being. So I don't understand why the mother doesn't have that same moral obligation, uh, that she that she would have towards her fetus that than she would towards her born child like, I think that that's a that's a valuable thing to press, you know, um, and it's also in, it also assumes you kind of were getting to this about the telos of the fetus. It assumes that the baby's like this intruder, yes, and it that's just not the that's not the correct way to again that's a low view yeah of, you, of humanity,
1: yes. There is, and, and the language is actually going more and more toward this, that um, they treat the fetus as either a tumor, something that's anomalous and um, unhealthy, it's there to like intrude and ruin the person's life, or similarly a parasite. It like got in there somehow and it's growing and you don't want that in there, but it's an intrusive... Thing that's preying upon,
0: which is the woman's body, completely false. It's not an it's not an intruder, regardless of intent, regardless of the intent that got it there. Uh, the 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 human being is exact is exactly where he or she like should be at that moment in its life. You know the and and yeah for and this is this is the, and I'm gonna say something really unpopular and but this is just where I'm at. I think we need to be taking harder stances on this issue. To be honest with you. But, but for a mother to, to view her unborn child as a parasite or some type of intruder, I think it is, is in, in and of itself a moral evil. Like, we don't look at human beings like that. That's not how we look. And that's a human being. Uh, regardless of, of how that human being got there, I, I understand there's difficult situations. And, and I understand in the cases of rape and incest and these things, one, they're the vast minority. I know that they happen, though. I know that it happens. But still, to view that, that human being inside the, the mother as a parasite or an intruder is morally corrupt.
1: Yes, I think it, it comes back to the notion that a, a human person is a human person, even when their personhood is inconvenient. Yeah. And I, I've seen this, I've actually seen this come up more and more now. And it's the idea, takes the form of an argument sometime, but it's the idea that being anti-abortion, having laws that are against abortion, are a way of controlling people's sexuality. <laughs> now, what I think is very interesting about that argument or that connection being drawn is that it assumes, quite rightly, that babies are the consequence of sex. shocker and what it's essentially assuming is every i guess adult human being every human being that's been through puberty has a right to consequence free sex yeah even at the expense of fetuses being destroyed even if they're human persons
0: yeah, the, the argument is, is just because they consent to sex doesn't mean they consent to pregnancy, right? Right. But, but, <laughs> but it, 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 so, so it's, the, it's the idea that due to a lack of, of consent, the woman has the right to use deadly force. And notice here, I'm going to jump, I'm going to jump up for a second, like a, up, up a level here. The, the, the argument also assumes that an abortion is the sim, simply withholding care. Like, you know, when we, when you, right. it's the withholding of, it's, right. that's not what an abortion is. Right. It's abortion a, is a seek and destroy mission. It's not an act of omission. It, it, it's an intentional yeah. taking of that life. It's killing, it's, it's the intentional killing of, of, of another human being, you know, and, yeah. and then, and then the bounce to that because, oh, well, I didn't consent for this to happen because, but, well, you kind of did. <laughs> I mean, through having sex, 90, 99% of the time. 99% and. As someone has pointed out,
1: you couldn't use that argument for anything else. Like you couldn't be playing outside, playing baseball, break <laughs> someone's window and say, I consented to hitting the ball, but I didn't consent
0: to it breaking the window. I mean, we do it all the time. Yeah. I mean, it's it, it doesn't – the argument doesn't follow. I mean – a ton of the choices that we make have have consequences that we don't consent to. This is this is actually why we we go in and and when we go get a tooth pulled, we have to sign a consent form mm-hmm. because we're acknowledging that there's going to be consequences. There are po- is that at least the possibility of consequences the possibility. that 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 unintended consequences to to our actions. And it's the same thing with it's it's the same thing with with pregnancy and, and sex here, right? I mean. The, the, the you know consensual sex the, 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 there's that risk and, right. and you're you're taking on that risk when you have it we consent to the things see see we consent to the things that we have control over here, uh, here's the, the sexual intercourse you know but we don't have consent to the to the consequences but we at least acknowledge that they're there right and in this discussion we that's completely absent
1: how can i have how can i have a human right to consequence free sex that demands the destruction of other human persons if there is no
0: intrinsic human right to live oh my gosh well and that gets us back like really full circle to the to the importance of the conversation that we're having about what it means to be a human and <clears throat> you get rid of you you get rid of a high value of the high view of humanity intrinsic values designed with a purpose made in the image of God you completely eliminate human rights altogether. And then, I then, think it's, that's true. then it's a dog eat dog world, man. Yikes. I think that's necessarily true. Yikes, yikes, yikes. And well I wonder if I wonder if uh, Governor Newsom, when he was putting up those ads, understands any of this or thought it through. I doubt he does. But I hope maybe he'll listen to this. Who knows? And maybe it'll cause him to think a little bit. Um, so anyways, guys, with that we gotta get going. It's almost one AM. Uh, this is apologetics.com radio. I'm John for Joel. We, it's really great to be with you. We'll be with you in another week or so. And you have a great week. Talk to you then. Bye-bye. Bye.